if this works, your hours will be back to 40, will be making enough money that increases next year will most likely, don't make any promises, but most likely be higher than they were this year. You know, you would want to increase their wages, not bonus them out. I'm, I'm telling just don't bonus. Don't do it. Okay. No, we'll, we'll take that. Definitely. Don't bonus them. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts, business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hey, hello, everybody. Uh, Thanks for tuning in with us today in the studio with uh, my good friend and fellow manufacturing co-host, Jason Zanger. Hello. Hey, Jason. Coming to you from our beautiful Chicago studio, we want you to know that this is the podcast to equip all you manufacturing leaders. Pleasure to have you with us today. I'm excited to bring back an old VIP guest because we just got so much good response from having her on the show. We thought we'd bring her back again to answer some of those hard-hitting questions about HR. Anyway, Jason, anything new and exciting with you? You know, I was just about to ask you the same thing. Yeah. So, Jim, what new and exciting going on in the world of car machine and tool? Well, there's always something going on in the world of car machine and tool, right? Yep. But lately, I've got the time right now, so what we're doing is we're being proactive in our search for new equipment, because what happens in our business, Jason, is we get that hot job in, you know, we're sl- we get slammed, and the need for our equipment is immediate. So what I'm doing is I'm going to market right now. I'm researching new machine tools, vertical machining centers, horizontal machining centers, EDM equipment, CMM equipment, inspection equipment, all those things. The better I can equip myself now and and research all of these things that I can foresee in the future, the better I can respond to it when the need comes up. So, you know, let's just say in two weeks... One of my major customers comes to us and slams us with 12 weeks worth of work, and I need a new machining center. At least I'll have done my legwork, my footwork already. I'll know exactly what I need for that particular situation. I won't have to delve into it again. Well, I won't have time because I'm going to be busy, but at least I'll, I'll say, and all of my employees, my key employees will know too, we'll all have researched and we'll be able to say, this is what we need. So that's what's new. Are you considering getting an EDM machine? It was actually brought up just today, as a matter of fact, because we had a particular process that would be perfect for an e- a wire EDM equipment. Great. So, yeah, you- I mean, we're thinking about everything, but, you know, of course, the core fundamentals of car machine and tool yeah, is, the machining is centers. CNC machining centers. And, you know, of course, that's what we look at really hard. There's a lot of different styles of machining centers, size, types, you know, the ones that are integrated with um, pallet changers or whatever. But I think up front, the better legwork we can do and prepare ourselves when we need to make that decision, I think it's really important to do that now. What about updating, you know, an old machining center? Do you go through that process and say, this machining center is X number of years old, I need to look at replacing this? Well, the the thing is about replacing an old machining center is it's probably paid off. It probably still provides some value in your shop. If you can be productive on that machine 
and make money on it, and yet it doesn't have much value, you might as well keep it. I think the way I'm thinking right now is get rid of the ones that are the high value machines that aren't giving you that ROI that you think you need. Plus, the newer machines probably taking up more floor space as well. So, you know, everything's subjective to everyone's particular situation. I'm just sharing what we do at Car Machine. All right, Jim. So since last time we talked, I've actually been educating myself a little bit. On, you've been educate. You've got more education. I've got more education. Yeah. So I've been learning about. I'm a little jealous. I've been learning about metals, and I've actually got three different materials that I bet you don't know anything about. These are proprietary. Uh, I know. I know a lot of. Stuff. I know you think you know a lot. Okay. But, you cool. know, these are these are proprietary materials for ThyssenKrupp. So educate the me. I will. So the first one is called Acumax. And what is that? A, is that an aluminum alloy? It, no, no, no. It's a it's a precision ground stainless steel bar. It has tolerances of plus or minus five tenths, chamfered both ends, precision straightness, and it's made for Swiss screw machines. So and, our you know our friend Fernando, uh, who was in a previous episode, he might really be interested in this material. So that's a proprietary metal just from ThyssenKrupp. Yeah, proprietary to ThyssenKrupp. And then the next one that you don't know about is called Project 70 Plus, which is also stainless steel. I just think that's a cool name. That is a cool name. I was just going to say that. And then the other one is called 6013 Power Plate. Yeah, so all three of these proprietary materials are available from ThyssenKrupp. So if you talk to your ThyssenKrupp rep, have him educate you on the new materials from ThyssenKrupp that you can only buy from them. Sounds great. And remember, too, that uh, that promo code for online metals, which is part of their family of metal suppliers, if they go to onlinemetals.com by the end of July 31st of this year, they can get 15% off when they check out if they put in the promo code CHIPS, C-H-I-P-S. 15% onlinemetals.com. So why don't we get into this podcast? We're going to talk today, we have Carla Davik back with us, and we're going to talk about the problems with employee evaluations. So I'm just going to quickly introduce Carla, and if you want to reference the previous podcast that we had her on, just go into our search bar and search for D-O-B-B-E-C-K, Carla Dobbick. So as we mentioned before, Carla is the president of Human Resource Techniques, where she helps with consultation, training, HR department um, development. So if you have a question about HR, she is like an outsourced HR department. She's especially endorsed by several associations. And then she also helps to put together um, HR departments for manufacturing companies. I would say she's a specialist within our industry as well. Yeah, she's a specialist within our industry, yes. Exactly. So I, Carla Dobbick, PHR. That's it. What, is it. what does PHR stand for again? Professional in Human Resources. Excellent. Excellent. Love those acronyms. Remember, I was just telling do you, you have, the other day. Jim, do you have an acronym? I, there's so many. I gotta, I'll got. i tell the quick story. <laughs> you so, have an acronym? I didn't know that. <laughs> JRC. I don't know what that means. You're James, try, you're James trying, our car. Oh, okay. That's my You're acronym. trying to tell a joke. That's my personal it, acronym. It wasn't very funny. So I got I to gotta tell the story to our <laughs> listeners because they're going to laugh. So the other day... I talking to Jason on the phone. I said, oh my God. I said, all these acronyms, they're driving me freaking crazy. I said, would you believe I started a word doc the other day that's called business acronyms and I'm starting to write them all down because I can't remember them from one day to another. 
Who started this? Tell me. Carla, do you have an answer for that? I do. Okay, well, it's, we'll get to that. We'll, okay. We'll get it's to like, that. It's like, it started off as like corporate lingo, right? I think it started off as government agencies. Oh, oh yeah, probably that God. too. Yeah. I, I can't keep up with but, it. But I, I know like nowadays, like a corporation will have their acronyms in order to quickly talk about a particular subject that they want to condense. Sure, you know? all their nomenclature. Yeah, yeah, like different corporations will have their own acronyms. You know, it's crazy. It's just like, you know, we got to learn chat. You got to learn when the kids are chatting, and you got to learn the new Urban Dictionary. Does there, do you have the Urban Dictionary on your on your phone? I don't want to go there. No, oh, I don't. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. You know, I don't even know. I don't know what half of the the new millennials. Are so you don't know about. how to communicate with your kids, is what you're saying? I'm trying very hard. So everyone needs an Urban Dictionary app you're, on their you're phone. You're showing your age again. <laughs> it's okay. At least I'm honest. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I, right. I just wanted to say that and get it out. <laughs> that, that is pretty funny, actually. So yeah, so why don't we get started? So we briefly had a conversation when we were recording our last episode. It, it wasn't actually uh, on the uh, podcast episode, where we talked about that Jim was getting into doing performance evaluations for his employees. Absolutely. And I had also mentioned that I've never done that before. So um, I've never engaged in performance evaluation. I always felt like I didn't know the right way to go about it. And I didn't necessarily have this huge need to do it as well. So Carla felt that it was appropriate to coach us through the proper way to handle this. The first thing that we talked about was that, Carly, you don't like a grading system, right? I don't. And by the way, thanks for having me back, you guys. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. It's a a pleasure to have you back. Yeah, it's great to have you. I'm just babbling on and I forgot. We have fun here. (laughs) We have fun. No, I don't like anything that has the word appraisal, evaluation, or review in it for a number of reasons. Would you like to hear why? I I would. would We're dying to hear. I got my pen in my hand and I'm ready to take notes. Mm, Sure. Just the word, evaluation, review, Sounds like appraisal. I'm in high school again. Well, it sounds like you're in high school, but it also sends a very clear message that the your, your supervisor is looking backwards at the work you have done up to this point. Okay. It says nothing about the future, nothing about moving forward. Okay. I'd prefer to see that discussion, take a look at where we are now, and use that as a jumping board for the next period of time. I like that. So it's, so it's, it's like what's your, looking. what's your expectations for the employees opposed to this I, is all the things you're doing wrong. Exactly. So I think you're saying, okay, it is more proactive. That's exactly it. It's okay. a proactive approach. Yes. When you think about a performance appraisal or a review, there are usually words that are conjured up like initiative or job knowledge or teamwork or dependability. Those are all very ambiguous. Yeah, a bunch of buzzwords. They're a bunch of buzzwords that might mean something totally different to your employee than they mean to you. Got it. So rating the employee on those words. A, B, C, D, E, F. Or one, two, three, four, five. It's totally subjective. You have no metrics in place. You have no efficiencies, or maybe you have a few, but unless you've defined what one equals or what five equals, you're on different boards and you win because you're the boss. What happens to your employee, though, if they don't agree with you? Are they going to work harder? Absolutely. They're not going to want to work harder. They're going to walk around with a chip on their shoulder. Right. So this thing that you think you're doing to help your employee develop becomes totally counterproductive and sends a totally different message to your employee. Very, very interesting. So what do we do? Yeah, so let's just say we're starting off. We've never done evaluations. Well, we're not going to do evaluations. We're going to do something else that you're going to tell us. But where do we start? Sure. You're going to do a discussion. You're going to have a discussion with your employee. You're not going to talk about money at all. If you talk about money, when that employee walks in the door, 
What do you think they're thinking about? They're not listening to anything. So you make it very clear. Think we're not going to go there. This has, and the outcome of this discussion has nothing to do with your pay. Correct. That's a separate discussion. It's a separate discussion. Let's create a scenario sure. about this discussion sure. because I always visualize it in my head. Mm-hmm. So you just call me into the office to have my proactive discussion about how I'm doing at the company. Actually, Jim, what I do is probably three or four weeks before I want to schedule this discussion, I'm going to say, Jim, you know what? In about three or four weeks, I want to sit down with you and really take a real good look at where you are and where we can look to have you a year from now. So I want you to come prepared. And in order for you to be prepared, here's a copy of your job description. I know you got it when you were hired. I want you to look at it because we're going to be using this job description to really talk about different aspects of your job and how it's going for you and how I can help you develop into a stronger employee. Sure. So we're going to take a look at that. We're also going to take a look at your file. These are the things I've pulled out of your file that I think are worth mentioning. They might be some accolades from some of the customers, the jobs that you've worked on. They might be some warnings. But these are things that we're going to talk about when we sit down to talk about your performance, too. We're going to discuss your job. Or, you know, Of course, we're going to look at where you are now and what we can do to get you to the next level in the future. Okay, so that's three weeks out. Yep, or two weeks out. Okay, just to give them a little time sure. to prepare to for prepare. this. To yeah. prepare. The employee should come into that discussion prepared to talk. You know, in the old days, if I could just pick up a piece of paper for a minute. Sure, go right ahead. Thank you. I'd walk in and say... Okay, Jim, here's your review. Why don't you take a look at it? Okay, I'm looking at it right now. And if you have any questions, we'll talk. Uh, uh, you're not giving me an opportunity to expound on what I just read. Not only that, I haven't given you any input into your development or your future. You're an adult. You make decisions about every facet of your life. I do. You shouldn't come to work and have your job done to you. You should be an active participant in that job and where that job's going to take you in the future. That's how you involve the employee. Not having all the forms filled out before they even walk in the door. You sit down with not not a form with ratings on it. You sit down with an agenda, and you go through the agenda with your employee because mm-hmm. you're talking about that employee's future. Sure. And they should be an active participant. Can what? I get off my soapbox now? No. <laughs> now you and I are sitting down, sure. and you're the boss, and now I want you to create the scenario and you say, Jim, you've been... I say, Jim, let's Jim, take- you've been bad. <laughs> well, some, I can be. I can be. I'll say, you Jim... Get a, you get enough. <laughs> I get that. It makes me feel like crap. And well, sure. And, right? you're, and you're not going to work any harder. No. You're, you're going to work less hard yeah. because all of a sudden, you know, I'm not, I'm not your biggest fan and I should be your biggest fan. I'm your boss. Right. My job is to help develop you. Okay. And I don't develop you by sticking a number on you. So give our listeners some things that they can ask. And again, let's keep going with this play that we're doing, this one-on-one. So you say, Jim, you know, I think you've been doing... Correct. Jim, let me... I think that moving forward, we need to develop you in this area. And let me explain my thoughts. Okay. And then I pull out two or three examples of why I believe you need development in this area. Is it development as far as training? It could be. Okay. It could be mentoring. It could be shadowing. It could be more experiences. You know, maybe I need you to develop more project management skills. So maybe I'm going to assign some autonomy over some projects for you. Okay. It could be maybe I need you to develop communication skills. So maybe I'm going to help you 
work through a couple of scenarios so uh, you know what questions to ask to get the answers you're looking for more in the future. I'm the boss. You, Mr. Employee, think you're doing the best job you can. People don't come to work to do, most people don't come to work to do a bad job, contrary to our last podcast. Right. Most people come to work wanting to do a good job, and they, they're doing the best job that they know how. And if you want them to do something differently, you need to coach them and mentor them and help them develop into doing those things differently. So instead of saying to an employee, you're failing here, I'd rather you use a cushion. Again, being reactive. Correct. I'd rather you use a cushion. And that cushion is, you know what? If I had to pick one area where I think you need to improve, it would be this. Let me is explain my thoughts. Is that where you say thoughts. the cell phone use? I mean, because you know what? I, th- not, I think you know, we're I'm, kind of sugarcoating uh-uh, this a little bit. I'm I, so glad. I'm feeling. I'm I am feeling, so glad you brought like that up. I feel like you're just massaging it. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm so happy you brought you know, that up. Not everybody's perfect. And everyone's going to have faults and you want you want to kind of kick those I'm so bad glad you brought habits. that up because that cell phone use is a choice that is a behavior the employee has to own if it's lower productivity or lower skills that's where you need to help the employee develop those are two totally separate conversations if it's a choice and it's a behavior the employee has to own that okay so you wouldn't say i think using your cell phone is giving you a problem you know, the cell phone, if you have that rule in place that says no cell phones and they're choosing to use it, right. they have to own that. Okay. But if they're just, you know, their scrap rate's too high or they have too many rejects or their efficiencies aren't where they need to be, then you maybe need to say, you know what, here's a plan. Why don't instead, let's say it's scrap rate. Okay. Instead of checking your production three times an hour, like the job order says, like the traveler says, Mm -hmm. I want you to start checking it six times an hour because that way we're going to catch errors more quickly and you're going to have less scrap. So you're going to help that employee develop a different way of working to improve their productivity. Completely different way to think about it. They think they're doing the best job they can. And if you say they're not, you need to tell them how. You're their boss. You're their coach. We need to coach them. You need to coach them them. and mentor them. Exactly. Different than behavior. Behavior is discipline. Skills. That's a whole different discussion. It's a whole different discussion. Okay. But for their productivity, you need to coach them into better productivity and skills. Jason, you're sitting over there stunned. No, no, no. I'm just thinking about something. So I, like I mentioned before, I don't do any kind of like formal discussions. Evaluations. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to use that word because Carla said not to. But <laughs> I have discussions frequently with my team, and they're informal. They just pop up when they pop up. And I've got like three questions that I usually try to open up the conversation with in sure. order to improve things. So oh, you got to read them. Out. I've got these written down. Yeah. So and and these aren't the. I don't say I don't like read the questions. That it's not the exact questions, but it kind of centers on these questions at some point. So the first one would be, what is challenging you or bothering you in your job right now? So that would be the first question. The next question is, what would you like to be doing more of or less of in your job? So there's probably certain activities or tasks that they're doing that they feel is a waste of their time and maybe could be passed on to, you know, like a junior employee or something like that. And they'd rather be doing the more higher end responsibilities. And then the last question would be, what can I do in order to, you know, help with these things that we've talked about? Or what can I do to help just in general? So those are my three questions that I come across when I when I do these discussions. Those are great questions. Okay. Yes, if- I'd like you to email them to me, please. We'll post them in the show notes, Jim. You can read them there. Beautiful. Everybody, go to, the world, Jim, the go to world makingchips.com. Yeah, the world can see it. 
in order for your employee to be able to answer that question effectively, if they had a few days to ponder and think about it before it just came, you know, if they walk into your office and you ask them that question, they might not have anything off the top of their head. That's very true. But yeah. but giving them a few days to prepare, not only that, but, you know, what in the environment is hindering you? What can the company do as far as more tools or better equipment or sending you to school? You know, what other things can we do to help you develop? Right. I do like your question about what do you not want to do? We all have things where we're not good. I got to list a hundred things that I would not like to do. Well, it's not only not like to do, but things we're not good at. Right. And even no matter how hard we try on those things, we're never going to develop those skills because we don't like them. Whereas if we're able to develop those things that we love to do, the growth is going to be incredible. Like doing podcasts. Yeah, like doing podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's awesome. I think what we're trying to do, you know, it's, I'm stuck in the old school way of managing and running a business. And I'm really trying to break it because I, I see healthy companies that just run fluidly and their corporate culture is through the roof. And I'm a little jealous of it, quite frankly. And I think that if we can give this information to our listeners that are out there with these same roadblocks that, you know, quite frankly, that I'm trying to get over. I, I think it's it's just, it's a win-win situation. Yeah. You know, you know how I think you start to get to that point? I think you start by just admitting the fact that you haven't been doing this, you haven't been having these discussions, and you admit that to your team and say, I want to start doing this. I want to be more proactive. I want to engage more with you and find out what's bothering you, what do you think you shouldn't be doing more of, you know, and, and asking those questions, just letting them know that, you know, you haven't done it in the past, but you want to start doing it now. I think that's the easiest way to do it. And then tell your employees to hold you accountable. And if you don't get to them when you said you've got you're going to be getting to them, then they should come in and say, hey, you know what, I need to discuss my performance. It should be a two way street. So there's discussion about how they're going to move forward, and mm-hmm. then there's behavioral discussions. Mm-hmm. I just want to make this crystal clear that there's sure. there's two different types of talks that we're going to have with our employees. Well, if you're going to have a performance discussion, you're discussing their performance. Okay. If you're going to have a discussion behavioral. about their behavior, right. it's usually because they're not behaving in a way you want them to. Okay. Uh, they have to own that behavior, though. They're the ones choosing not to follow your dress code, not to wear their safety glasses, not to follow your attendance requirements. Okay. They're the ones choosing. There's a choices that employee is making. Okay. You have reasonable work rules. What is a common timeline to have these performance reviews and behavioral reviews? I wouldn't have a behavioral review structured that's... A behavioral review is... Is circumstantial? Yeah. It's going to be a, a disciplinary action. Okay. In most cases. Okay. As far as discussing performance, formally, many, you know, it used to be every year. Right. That was pretty much the norm. Sure. Forward-thinking companies are looking at every six months. Some are even looking at quarterly. Wow. These aren't discussions, though, that center around money. Employees know before they come in that you're going to be talking about performance, not about money. Money should be a separate meeting. Wages should be a separate meeting. Maybe once a year when the company sits down and sets down their budget. Sure. That's when monetary, and now, but the, at the same time, the employee should know then when that raise comes out, you know, we discussed this at your performance discussion, and because of what you were able to do, this is the raise I'm able to get you, and it then becomes a tool for the supervisor to use. I've got a scenario that I want to walk through, and, and I think that, Jim, hopefully you'll you'll appreciate this. So, and, and I'm totally making this up, 
this isn't something that, you know, Jim and I have talked about, but let's just say I just, I frequent a lot of shops and I know that this is kind of a common occurrence. So let's just say that Jim wants to increase the machining productivity of his company. And, you know, I work with him and we develop this, you know, end mill, which is going to increase their milling feeds and speed, you know, by 20%. And we prove it out, but Jim comes back and sees his particular operator and he's dialed things back and he's not running at that increased productivity that we had proven out. And this is not the first occurrence of that. What do you do? Is that, am are I you, throwing are together? Are you directing that at me or are you directing that at I'm, Carla? I'm directing it at Carla, but I'm also asking you if this is a, le- a legitimate performance problem. I think it's behavioral. Okay. Because, well... I guess it could be either way, but well, for, let me let me just quickly answer because sure. I know you're going to give the legal and the, the, probably the better qualified answer. Well, I wouldn't be happy first of all because I'm paying more for that high performance tool to increase productivity. Well, and you're, and you're also not getting jobs out the door well, as quickly uh, yeah, as you could. inevitably as we could, right? Yeah. So, a I'm not going to be happy because I'm spending more money on a new tool. I trained this guy to learn how to use this new type of tooling, and we, we could be using the same thing. We're, we're not making any advances. It's, it's So it's ridiculous. So Carla, we're going to turn to you. How do we handle the situation? Sure. And, and I would have to say that if you've trained this individual to use this new tool, and they're quite capable of using this new tool, and they're choosing not to use it, then you have to ask yourself why. Well, it's not necessarily about using the new tool. It's about using it at its, at its, produ- efficiency. Produ- at its exactly. efficiency level that you proved out. Yep. Sure. and, and if, Because if, they're just not comfortable with it. Well, if they're not comfortable with it, then then it isn't or they behavioral. Just don't, they just don't want to. Well, if they don't want to, it's, it is behavioral. If they're not comfortable with it, it isn't behavioral. Okay. That's where you have to work with them until they are comfortable using it at that speed. Mm-hmm. But my bigger question would be, are they concerned about job security? And then is hmm. that a bigger environmental issue going on in your company that you really need to take a look at? A lot of variables in that one, that's for sure. When you say they're concerned with job security, you're saying to make sure that the company is staying competitive. Well, or are their hours going to get cut if they get that if much get, productivity well, out there? That, that yeah. Well, that's very much a factor. And I can tell you that those kind oh, of discussions... Oh, I well, I'm not going to mention any names and get in discussions no, or the types of manufacturers, but that definitely happens. Sure, especially if it's overtime. You know, are my hours yes. going to go from 50 right. to 40 a week? Yes, that absolutely does happen, and I've seen it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I know. So what is this a discussion? Is this one of these discussions that we have? This would be a discussion with the employees ahead of time and say, you know what, we want to be able to give you more work-life balance. But it's not going to happen over a, a month period. It's going to happen over a six-month period. So know now and start planning accordingly. And if you've gone through all those discussions with your employees and they know and they're, you're prepping up and they've been trained... If they can't do the job, it won't even be 40 hours. They might not get any hours because you'll get people in there that will do it in 40. Got it. And it can be a hard conversation to have, but at the end of the day, you're looking at cutting costs, and the way you're going to cut costs is to cut overtime. Mm -hmm. And if that employee can't work fewer hours and get the same productivity out the door, you will find somebody who can. Yeah, I mean, it's almost a a cultural (laughs) issue, and it's a behavioral problem. And, And I would think that the way that I would handle this is that, you know, First of all, we want to be competitive and we want to have that work-life balance. So if I can have operations such that they're working 40 hours a week and the company is making money, I'm going to be bonusing them out based on that increased productivity. And then they could make that money that would have been overtime money by working less hours. But you have to have that embedded in your culture. Well, and be careful with that because there are 
legal ramifications to bonusing people out. Well, I'm not saying you're wage an hour issues. If you're if you're <laughs> gonna, I'm not saying you you pro, if you're gonna promise somebody that you're gonna have to have specific metrics behind it, and you're also gonna have to do some. And there's some things with the Fair Labor Standards Act and bonuses. That bonuses have to include overtime, so there's some. See, Carla, this is why I don't to... like rules. Okay, well, that, that's a Fair Labor Standards Act rule. Yeah, Jason what I would does not do like instead, rules. Complicated. Oh what my would, God, this is so complicated. What I would do instead is to say to your employees, "Okay, here's here's the thing. If this works, your hours will be back to forty. We'll be making enough money that increases next year will most likely don't make any promises, but most likely be." higher than they were this year. You know, you would want to increase their wages, not bonus them out. I'm, I'm telling just don't bonus. It, don't do it. Okay. No, we'll, we'll take that. Definitely. Don't bonus them. No. So, okay. Because you're going to pay overtime on the Got to pay bonus overtime. Okay. Got it. It's the law. Carla, it was it was absolutely great to have you here again, and I've enjoyed myself. I know it's like it's like a bunch. It's just like sitting at a bar having wine together, right? <laughs> I feel like we peeled back the onion on on the HR, and and we you know we still haven't like you know completely solved things. I, I think this is, could go into a series actually, but once again, we got to wrap this up, and uh, it, it it has again. It's been my pleasure. I'm sure Jason's learned a lot from what you've shared with us today, and hopefully our listeners have too. And by all means, if you have any comments about this particular podcast episode, please go to our website, go to our contacts page, and let us know. You can also, there's a 312 number too. Jason, what's the number? 312-725-0245. Yeah, call that, leave us a message, and let us know what you thought about what the three of us were talking about today. And if you want to get a hold of Carla directly, her website is Ask. HRT.com. Once again, ask HRT, or she said that you can uh, connect with her on LinkedIn. If you're on LinkedIn, go to either one of Jim or I's profiles and just search for Carla under our contacts. She's there. She's absolutely there. So again, I hope we provided relevant information to you, our listeners, because that's what we're here for. That's the mission of this podcast. We're trying to equip you. Someday you're going to be in this situation and you're going to think about this show and you're going to say, glad I listened to Jim and Jason that day and glad they had Carl on because I really learned something from that. And that's what it's all about. It's it's all about the peer-to-peer relationship and making our next manufacturing day better than the day it was before. With that, Jason, what does my dad always say? If you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. Her name is spelled Carla, K-R-L-A, Dobbeck, D-O-B-B-E-C-K. She's available on LinkedIn if you want to- She's uh, shaking her head, Jim. What? Am I doing something wrong? K-A-R-L-A. Did I, did I, what did I say? K-R-L-A. Oh. Oh. Duh. K-A-R-L-A, Dobbeck, D-O-B-B-E-C-K.